Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On Facebook, at In the 608. I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. And hey, Ben, welcome to episode two of our third season. It's February. It's an episode about love and all the forms in which it comes. Oh, lovely. That's just great <laughs> for those who love the Valentine's Day thing. I, I, I'm very lucky with my partner. We get to pass on those things. We don't have to, we don't have to think about it. I don't pass, but I tend to be very practical in my gift giving. <laughs> so sometimes she probably feels like I pass. Oh, all right. Well, Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast, and we are glad that you are here with us. It is a podcast where we bring in guests and talk real estate. We discuss the real estate headlines of the day. Mm-hmm. We'll recap the highest and lowest price sales in Dane County. We're going to enjoy the top of the hour tip and the market update. And the special thing we do is we try to surround ourselves with people who are smarter than us. Turning out to be a lot easier... Than we'd originally anticipated. Every single time. And we also feature local music from artists right here in the 608. My name's Ben. I'm a broker associate with the Lauer Realty Group. And my name's Adam. My pronouns are he and him. We are going to be talking a little bit today about navigating the home buying process as a member of the LGBTQ community. I I, I did not inter- I did not add my pronouns. I'm Ben. He, him, his. Yeah, thank you, he, yeah, it's it's just a, you know, when you do that, it's like some people are still unfamiliar with that. It's a nice thing that you're kind of like tipping off the people you're talking to. You don't have to guess. Like, I'm telling you what they are, so you don't have to guess. When you brought up who we're talking to, Asher Messino is somebody you work with, right? Correct. I yeah. have worked with them for... Um I don't know, two years maybe now? Yeah, that's they cool. They the, joined the firm. The, the thing that I thought of when you, when you pitched this idea, and I, and I like the idea, it's an opportunity to acknowledge that defining things in a binary is a mistake, especially when it comes to gender, which is, of course, a social construct and a social identity. I don't know if this is your experience or not, but certainly as a cisgendered white male, my race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, they're not challenged. Nobody's really ever challenged those things on me. And they're often assumed. And that is, you know, that's a factor of privilege right there. But that is not true for everyone. People are unique. There's lots of different identities out there. So there's lots of different dimensions of identity and society as they relate to inequality and racism and genderism. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is how these factors influence things that really happen in real life. And Asher is going to talk about the process of buying and being a member of the queer community. Correct. We've talked about race and leaned in a little bit and gotten up. I've, I've gotten uncomfortable. I guess I don't know. And that's the point. You may may be more comfortable. (laughs) uh, But we talked about redlining, gentrification, and segregation. Uh, This is us or me doing the same as it relates to to gender and sexuality. And I thought after after your introduction there, which is uh, very appropriate, uh, this is is why I have you, Adam. Uh, (laughs) You have, you as an employee at the UW are exposed to to programs and HR and policies and and a very forward 
forward-thinking and progressive uh, perspective on the topic. Um, I... I don't have that, but I, I'm mm-hmm. fortunate to have kind people like Asher, and they help me Let's keep up. I mean, the idea is to make it just a better space for all of us, right? <laughs> so that's exactly. great. That's awesome that you have a friend to help with that. You mentioned privilege. I kind of had an aha moment as it relates to my own. Uh, Brian Benford, uh, a person of color, lives down the block. He, mm-hmm. uh, I knew him when he worked at, uh, I think, Red Caboose when my girls were there. Uh, taking Marsha Rummel's District 6 Alder seat, Marsha had run for a congressional district. Mm-hmm. Crowded field, lost to Francesca Hong. Um, I thought about the changing face of politics in my neighborhood. There mm-hmm. had been, there's been a strong push to see by POC voices and faces, and it's happening. And I thought, and I thought about it for, I was like, and I don't, I don't want to say like I was, af- I was afraid, but like, I realized that, wow, I will be represented by, by people of color. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like, I don't, I didn't feel so racist, but then I had to wonder if I was, but I was like, oh my God, what if I have no representation? And then I thought, you know what? That would be horrible to not have a voice, to not be represented. <laughs> so yeah, it would be it would be horrible feeling if you if you felt you weren't going to have a voice or yeah. if you didn't. No, that's great. I'm, I'm really glad that Brian is running and it's good to see people of color and their voices being heard. I said to him the same thing I said to Marsha. I said, you're going to be way left of me on almost everything. <laughs> All I need for you to promise is that you'll listen or like that you'll be there sure if i want to talk about something and 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 marsha was and brian said he said he would be so i'm looking forward to seeing him back on the council what's been going on since last time ben oh it's been so exciting first of all a little shout out thank you to preston New favorite listener, Preston, <laughs> um, uh, sent us an unsolicited email, said, hey, love the program, recommending it to my friends. Yes. I'm like... You will I, get everywhere with compliments, Preston. Thank I you. Told him, I told him, because I had never met him and I had not met his friends, I told him, or I was quick to remind that there is an in-person version of the podcast that I'm willing to give people while they shop for houses. <laughs> so if you like, if you like the podcast, you know... In the car or on your phone or at your bedside. Just imagine a live and in-person <laughs> real estate in the 608 program as we find your next house. You call it the live version. It's what you do as your job is the live version of real estate in the 608. <laughs> uh, real estate in the 608 and our episode on segregation was featured in the current event news uh, this week at Evelyn Anton's environmental science class. Oh, that's great. The teacher also put the episode as well as the maps from the mapping prejudice study we talked about uh-huh. uh, with Pam Andros. She shared that, uh, and they were put in the weekly learning plan and the weekly slideshow. <gasps> Our stuff was added to educational material? Yes, we, we are changing lives. <laughs> so that's, is, uh, that's really great to hear. I'll ramble on here. Evelyn, I convinced her to read to read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. You're right. We referenced the, this at one point or another. Robert Kiyosaki. It's a it's a great book for anybody thinking about reframing their understanding of uh, of, of property. Other things that have happened. I ran out of bacon. You you won like a truckload of bacon a year ago or one, something. Right? One year ago <laughs> at the Penny Library Grand Opening. Uh huh. I won an auction for a year supply of bacon, <laughs> and it lasted exactly a year. A year. Well, so nobody can say they don't live up to their promise. And I wanted to say that just because it was at Jones Dairy Farm, 
was kind uh, enough yeah. to donate the stuff to the Penny Library, which we know Phil was on the, on yep, the board. Yep, yep, yep. And then so it lasted a year. It was delicious. It's also in Fort Atkinson where, where the lovely Christina Ballatori lives. That's right. And then uh, Megan... Your coworker, my coworker, got her got into her new house. Got into her new house. Uh huh. Phone rings yesterday at eight a.m. I was like, it's a little early to hear from <laughs> Megan. I said, oh my god, did the furnace go out? Because when we did our final walkthrough, uh huh, it was like fifty-two degrees in the house, and I'm like. Oh, <laughs> right. So we figured that problem, and it had just been because the smart thermostat had been taken off the Wi-Fi. So oh, that okay. can be a thing. So yeah. now when we're getting a furnace problem, we're looking not only does the batteries in the thermostat, but does it have a Wi-Fi it connection? Wi-Fi. Oh, uh, but there was a frozen pipe, something that was not on the condition report, but the seller was kind enough to mention at the closing. Well, wait a minute. What's the what's the call in the field? Is anything that's wrong with the place? Isn't that supposed to yeah. be in a condition report? Somebody might argue that that should have appeared on the condition report. Oh, But they said, hey, when it gets super cold out, Sometimes that sink, that bathroom sink on the exterior wall there, the pipe, sometimes that might freeze. There's a space between freezing and breaking. There's a long space between freezing and breaking, <laughs> okay. fortunately. I uh, That was some craziness at Megan. But the craziness in the marketplace, I was in your neighborhood mm-hmm. looking at a $300,000 house. Is that right? I had some clients write a very strong offer, nearly $40,000 over the ask price, which someone might argue was a bit low, but it was not ridiculously low. We did not get it. Okay. All right. So three thirty nine and change, and not getting that house on somebody, Rotana, which is really close to you. Oh yeah, that's a nice it's, part of the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, it's it's no nicer than your part of the neighborhood. <laughs> it's got woods and stuff next. Congratulations, to it, yeah. you're wealthy. <laughs> Let's say somebody lived in a neighborhood and they found out that a house in their neighborhood went for three hundred thousand dollars. What does that mean to that person? Someone would either be happy about the likely appreciation of their property. Okay. But they might also be sad about the likely increase they will see in their tax bill due to the increased assessed value. Oh, yeah. yeah. All depends on if whether they're staying or whether they're going. Right. If they're going, they might be happy. If they're staying, they might be... Eh. What if I'm staying and I want to be happy anyway? Is that an acceptable If choice? you want to be happy for the rest of your life. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what's been going on for you. What's been going on for me is, uh, since we're talking politics just a little bit, uh, my partner, Lindsay Lemmer, uh, again, running for her District 3 Alder seat. Couldn't be more proud of her. She's doing great work so far. Lindsayforalder.com if you'd like to head she's to the got, website. She's got a lot of endorsements. She does got. She's got the endorsements like rolled I, out. I, I like her. On, I mean, I like her in general, but yeah. I like her on Facebook, too, and she will see all the people. People. Yeah, she's got a good social media manager who's doing stuff for her. He's a he's a magic worker. <laughs> she's she's getting creative. She's doing what she calls front porch meetings. You know, it's it's not safe yet, I think, to go knock doors and shake people's hands as mm-hmm. a politician, but she's doing Zoom meetings with people. So like you can zoom and have that front porch conversation. Does she pretend to be as so she got a back background, a Zoom background of a front porch? We could get a good Zoom background. <laughs> <laughs> you were I, in the paper. I took up some winter sports. I got one of those fat bikes, and that's my new one of my new hobbies. And I was in Sun Prairie today, which I'm not sure if it's an online or a print paper. But in either it's in case, the paper. it's in the paper. I went out and they snapped a photo of me riding. It was kind of fun. Where'd you get your bike? On Monona Drive called Slow Roll Bicycle. Okay. Um, it's in that mall where Ben Franklin In the Lake Edge. The, the Lake upcoming, Edge. The upcoming Lake Edge neighborhood. 
Uh, I, I'm going to plug uh, Black Saddle Bikes um, by <laughs> the uh, say Black Sabbath. They didn't, I don't think well, they see, play out anymore. <laughs> I'm going to plug Black Saddle Bikes in the uh, shopping mall where Jacobson Brothers used to be. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. No, but this is the new where the Baron Bottle is. Okay. New yeah. bike shop. One of my tenants. He sells the fat bikes. You want the fat bike? Go to Black Saddle. I'm not ashamed that you went to your old neighborhood to get it, though. That's oh, yeah. okay. Okay. They're, they're fun toys. They're a bigger workout than you think. But That's, that's a lot that's of a, rubber to throw around. It is. Like, it's fun. Are you either a cross-country skier or a snowshoer or a hiker? Do you do any of those activities? Not unless I am being chased by a bear. Okay. So you've got to know for the story that there is a significant rivalry between the cross-country skiers of the world and anybody that might cross their tracks Make, and, and yeah, mess, mess up, up their, their trails. Tracks. You don't want to mess up their trails. They get like upset the, about Like they that. even get upset with their own people that do the V stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You got to stay in the line. I'm not one of the cross-country skiers, but I did go out hiking with my sister a couple of weeks back at Blue Mountain State Park. Yeah. Beautiful space. Acknowledging all the signposts, everything there. Don't walk on the trails. And we didn't. We we stayed totally clear. Anytime we came to a cross-country ski track, we jumped over it as to not disturb that. On the way out, where you get to the parking lot at Blue Mounds, if you can't imagine, if you've been skiing in your in your lifetime you, at all? As, as a youth. The space between the chalet and the ski lift is very chopped up snow and people go every which direction. Sure. That's how I would describe this space that we encountered. We were coming off the trail and as I entered the trailhead space is what I was describing. A cross-country skier approached me and said, you just walked on all the trails. And I said, no, it's the trailhead. It's where everybody walks in every direction. It's like where the bathrooms are and then the signs and all the things. And we unfortunately got into like a little heated argument and I had to warn them. I'm like, you need to keep six foot distance from me because the person (laughs) was getting enraged and, you know, tempers flare. And I'm like, you need to calm down and just relax. All of a sudden, I let a couple expeditors fly. Like, this is the biggest problem that's in the world right now is me stepping on your cross country ski trails. Well, that's it's also just funny because like. Normally, like you need to step, you need to step back. But now it's like you, you literally need to step <laughs> you back. You do need to step back. <laughs> so a little huffing and puffing went on, and the person left a little upset, and they got into their ninety thousand dollar Tesla. And I was like, oh, what the heck? And then I started thinking about, wait a minute, who drives a ninety thousand dollar Tesla around this park? And I put the profile of the person together in my head, and. It looked a lot like Butch Vig from the band Garbage, who I may or may not have verbally <laughs> yelled at at Blue Mound State Park. On the, on the Butch Vig topic, <laughs> former Smart Studios on East Washington still for sale. There that, you go. That's the extended version of what's been going on since the last time. What's so going on? So you're in the, the paper? In the and, paper. And you got to stick it to Vig. <laughs> I didn't. I, like, Get your f- Stand down, dude. (laughs) It's just cross-country skiing. One more thing you can edit out later. They said the F word on C-SPAN and spelled it out in the subtitles and aired it on television. What was the context? It was from the the storming the Capitol. Oh, all right. It was live footage. Oh, yeah. I think I've heard a couple of those, too. I don't know. I mean, Tom Tom Tuber thought it was okay. I might I might make the call. Like depending on the context of the story, sometimes Tom Tuber was program director at one oh five five triple M and he would have had a <laughs> shit 
bit if anybody said said any naughty word on the radio. Uh, I hear what you're saying. We're going to yes. have to learn. And I would like you, Adam, to beep out my vulgarity because I'm above it. All right. What's been going on from the headlines? Going to the bar with the money from a jar. Walking there because I'll have a problem with the car. Going to take a sip. Going to take a little trip. Going to purchase tea and whiskey. Going to leave a big tip. From the headlines, we've been talking so much, I'm going to go straight to the lows and the highs. The lowest price sale in all of Dane County, 1016 East South Street in Stoughton, 19th Century Charmer. Mm-hmm. This is like built in 1860. Uh, boasts two bedrooms with 1.5 baths and 945 spacious square feet. So it's totally livable, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit wonky. Sells for $75,000 cash in January. <laughs> what about the highest? Highest price sale. I was almost kind of, I had, because like Dane County, we look into inside Dane County. And when I saw this house, I said, is this house in Dane County? Is something wrong? Because this house looks like it would be in Sauk County or in, in like, on the Wisconsin River. As in, like, a Frank Lloyd Wright something was, or other? This was a Taliesin home oh, on, okay. on 80 acres, but it was just inside Dane County in Vermont, Wisconsin, with a Black Earth mailing address. So it was very near. Uh, it's like right on the line. Huh? It must be right on the line. But $1.75 million. <laughs> 5,200 square feet. And this, okay, so I was going to like pick the most interesting thing. So A, it's beautiful. It was a Frank Lloyd Wrightish house, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's got just, the cool architecture it's all design cool. and, and, it's, and it's, big, yeah. it's big. And it's not 80 acres. Those are all fantastic things. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing I found about this, it, it had been for sale for like 11 years. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, first, <laughs> it first listed in 2009 at $2 million. And it was it was for sale almost every year since then. Uh, the final the final listing was for a contiguous fourteen hundred days, starting at one point nine million, and then eventually selling for one point seven five. All right, uh, coming up in just a bit, our in studio guest today. Wait a minute, you tagged him as a competitive weightlifter, Asher Messino. Is that right? I tagged them as a co- yes, competitive weightlifter. Oh my gosh! And, and Lauer Realty Group yeah, agent. Do they? Okay, so you can do both of those at the same time. You can do both of those things. Uh, Ab Asher is going to talk about navigating home ownership as a member of the queer community uh, in our February Love in All of Its Forms Valentine's Day episode. Uh, we're going to think about love and real estate, which makes me think also <laughs> about divorce. Uh, as a lot of the things we're going to talk about, as especially the law stuff, is going to talk about not only how to how to how to take possession, great ideas as you buy the real estate, but some of those things that are going to protect you or be important when you get rid of real estate. No, I think that could be the title of your book: Love, Marriage. Did you say real estate? Marriage and Divorce. (laughs) It's a very uplifting, optimistic (laughs) book. Let's take a quick break and go to the top of the hour tip. But first, a little bit about the house that Rhonda bought. Um, In my inbox or in my my plored properties folder, I have an email from the excavator. 
excavator. The excavator. Going excavate. Who's gonna, he's going to knock the house down. Okay. Uh, the week of the 25th of January didn't happen. I have an email oh, that no. says, oh, no, it shouldn't be a problem. We're not affected by weather. I also have an email that says, yeah, it's going to be way too cold for the next two weeks. <laughs> um, so that is happening, but it's just slow. But one of the things, we, we, cho- we chose some windows. I, was, I, I went through some of the, the uh, proposals with her. Mm-hmm. We, we've made some choices as it relates to windows and siding and appearance. And uh, a shout out to Stoughton Lumber. Um, mm-hmm. Jenny there, who refuses to be on the podcast, has helped me with a lot of our kitchens, uh, kitchen design stuff. Her husband also works at Stoughton Lumber in like the lumber lumber part. Um, and, and they have been a great resource for almost like we've talked about. Rhonda and I are not general contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are parts of the process that we do not understand and that we were not great at. And we're learning as we go. And they have been a wonderful resource. Uh, we also talked about Rhonda and 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 sometimes not getting the the uh, attention that oh, or you know in a male dominated field, Rhonda not getting the attention mm-hmm. and uh, and respect that she would deserve. Not the case down there. Jenny and her and her husband have been great and are really uh, making both of us, uh, Rhonda and I. Uh, like it just it makes it so much more easier to understand and seeing it all come together. So there's been a lot of seeing things come together, but there hasn't been a lot of digging or knocking down of houses because the not affected by weather is too cold for two weeks. Well, you got the good service side from Stoughton Lumber, maybe the could be improved service side. <laughs> they also they also <laughs> the fixed my snowblower. Oh, they do that there too. Wow, they like full service shop. That was not Jenny Jenny's work, but she's working on some cabinet ideas for Mona's house. Okay, cool. Good to hear. Uh, That's what's been going on from the house that Rhonda bought. She ain't wrong. But she ain't bad. She ain't easy. But she can be Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. On the phone with us now for the top of the hour tip is Yusha Robinson, partner at Pines and Bach Law Firm. Yusha, I asked you to join us to give us kind of a primer on how to best hold title. We're going to discuss the challenges specific to real estate purchase and ownership as LGBTQ. While same-sex marriage has been legal in Wisconsin for some time now, how to hold title is an issue that anyone living their lives outside the traditional and legal framework of marriage uh, while still hoping to enjoy the benefits of real estate property ownership, may want to explore. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Um, yeah, a co-ownership agreement or a partnership uh, p- property agreement, rather, is really just a contract between co-owners. And it's important, especially for non-married co-owners, because there's no set of laws that really governs that relationship other than um, sort of quasi-contracts is what it's called. If you're married, you have marital laws that 
you know, decide how property gets divided and then who's entitled to what if you break up. Um, but for non-married couples or even non-married, non-intimate uh, co-owners, um, if, if things fall apart or you decide to sell the property, it can get really rough. And so if you have a contract that you can fall back on to decide how the proceeds get split up or what happens in the event that one co-owner dies, um, that can be very helpful um, in getting through some sticky situations. Um, so it's it's fairly straightforward. It's private, um, and it's definitely just up to the to the co-owners of what they want to include in that agreement. Um, it would be drafted up by an attorney. Okay, I'm imagining if that if that document was exhaustive and was able to include things like who's in charge of what. Shoveling the, dri- exactly. shoveling the driveway and mowing the grass that perhaps fewer of them would end in, in, in divorce or, or separation. Yes, exactly. And I really leave it up to each situation and each set of co-owners of how much detail they want to delve into. For some people, it's very important to set out who's covering what. Um, for some situations, the co-owners are happy to just say, and we'll make agreements from time to time about how we're splitting expenses. And that's sufficient. So uh, everyone's everyone's a little different. All right. Well, thank you very much. And that's the benefits of the co-ownership, or you called it a property agreement, property, partner property agreement. All right. Well, thank you, Yusha, for your time with us. That was the top of the hour tip. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. There's no way. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. My pronouns are he and him. And Ben, let's welcome our in-studio guest today. On the phone with us, one of my co-workers, a competitive weightlifter. Asher, are you there? Hello. Yes, I'm here. My name is Asher Messino, and I use they, them pronouns. Welcome, Asher. Welcome to the program. We know that uh, that you've been an agent at the Lowell Realty mm-hmm. Group for several years. Uh, we know that you are a competitive weightlifter. That's pretty cool. There's one more question we want to know. Oh. Are you fun? Yeah. How are we going to find that yes. out, though? <laughs> Sorry, no, yes. <laughs> That's the answer. I apologize, but that is not how we decide. How, <laughs> how do we decide, Adam? Okay. <laughs> we play a game. It's called The Way It Used to Be. There used to be. There used to be. But smiling faces far as the eye could see Car in every driveway, swinging every tree People can't stop talking about the way things used to be Are you ready? You're gonna, if, if, you, if you are fun, you're going to hear a bell ring. That's how it works. Although Asher has already decided that Sorry. they are fun. <laughs> they, they, have de- they have decided. Which I, which we'll I like. I like we'll the see. forwardness of this <laughs> game already. <laughs> All right. Question one. Did weightlifting first appear as its own event in the Olympic Games before or after the construction of your Cory Street home? Okay, so um, I think before. That is yes. correct. That's right. Well I had your home, 1929. Yeah. First, first time that weightlifting appeared as its own event in the Olympic Games was 1920. Oh, the, wow. Pretty close. The first appearance at all was 1890 as part of track and field. In our introduction, Adam talked about the the importance of abandoning binary thinking, but I did make a note here. The first time that women's weightlifting was an event, would you like to take a guess on that number? 
Oh, God. What, like 1999? But you're only a year off. Oh, my God. Are you serious? 2000. 2000? 2000 was oh the first year. Oh, my God. That's so sad. Um, <laughs> all right. Question two. You are you are one-third fun plus a little bonus fun from the follow-up question. Uh, but question two is going to okay. be an easy one. Best secret Santa gift you ever received? Okay. I think you are referring to the gift you gave me. <laughs> um, you gave me a hammer, and I love it. It's great. Oh. <laughs> Asher, Asher started... <laughs> Their time at uh, at Lauer Realty Group before purchase of the first home, and, and they had uh, just taken on all kinds of projects, and I, everybody needs a quality hammer. Mm. Oh, did you <laughs> sing the "If I Had a Hammer" song? I, Along? May have, um, <laughs> I may have. I bet Ben did that. Ben probably <laughs> sang that to me. All right, two thirds fun. Question three. You you tell me you're a West Sider, and then you told me you're actually from Verona. I think those are two different things, but. We'll, well I've lived on the west side of Madison and Verona and Fitchburg. Okay, we'll talk more about that later. Okay. <laughs> First job, I was told by you, it wasn't a secret. I didn't like do digging or snooping. Uh, <laughs> at Pasquale's in Verona. So my question mm-hmm. for you, name two of the locations that are no longer. Okay, well, the one on Monroe Street. Mm-hmm. And then... Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a trick question or not, because the one in Verona went out of business for a really long time, and then it came back later. But uh, also Middleton. So Monroe Street, there was a Middleton location, an Atwood location. Now they're at the, now they're, uh, at, uh, at the old uh, Fife's Corner Bistro. Uh-huh, yep. They've got a location oh. there. But then, and and then, then it uh, sounds like a little stutter start in Verona. Mm. Yeah, that's a right. that's a three for three. Oh, I got it. So that's fun. You you lived up to your own expectations. <laughs> we're gonna, we're, fun. We're going to take a quick break, both for the market update, but also for a little conversation and phone call from Yusha Robinson at Pines and Bach Law. She's going to talk a little bit about um, methods in which to hold title, which is something that someone who. Um, a member of the LGBTQ community or someone that is choosing to purchase a home uh, with someone that they are not married to might want to consider. So they are going to drop in mm, with some yeah. some uh, some definitions that we can then lean back on as we discuss uh, different opportunities and options in how to hold title. Come a little bit closer, hear what I have to say. You're listening to Real Estate the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name's Adam, his name is Ben, and our in-studio guest today is Asher Messino. It's time for the market update. I thought we'd go a little differently uh, for the market update this episode. Um, we have two uh, real estate agents in the room, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we might just talk quickly about our own experiences as we have been out helping buyers and sellers. Uh, Asher, I have written several offers in the last week or two, and I have... Uh, I have not had any offers accepted. That's too bad. Have you had any offers accepted (laughs) these last few weeks? Well, I have also been writing a lot of offers and getting a lot of rejections, but I have had a few successful accepted offers. Well, I congratulate you first. Um, For the most part, what what I'm trying to tell the listener is that there are a lot of people out there right now trying to buy a house, but so few houses that they cannot all be satisfied. There was a home on Ritana we talked a little bit about with Adam because he lives around the corner on Sudbury. There were 75 showings on a single house. 
<laughs> that would later sell for more than $40,000 over the asking price. Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of showing set up for houses that within a, maybe a three-day time period or less have, you know, 85 showings on them. And it's literal back-to-back showings for these sellers from probably 8 a.m. to past 9 p.m. at night. Um, I've written offers on places that have had over 15 other offers already submitted on them. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty wild out yeah, there. Yeah, there was 22 offers on that house on Ratana. So, in summary, market update, it's crazy out there. Multiple <laughs> offers almost guaranteed. And not only are those offers reaching for the sky as it relates to price, but you better be ready to be aggressive on your other terms. And that means things like willingness to accept uh, a cushion on inspection, uh, willingness to cover a spread on appraisal, and just, for the most part, making it as risk-free to the seller as you can. Absolutely. In preparation for our time with Asher Messina, I wanted to lay some groundwork and discuss title. Uh, holding title is a way of legally saying you own something Title is the concept we use in real estate to define the actual ownership rights that you will hold or will receive or be transferred to you upon sale. On the phone with us again to talk us talk to us about the three most common ways in which one could hold title, Yusha Robinson, partner at Pines and Bach Law Offices. So the three most common ways to hold title in Wisconsin are tenancy in common, uh, joint tenants, which has right of survivorship, and sometimes that's used as a whole phrase. And then the last one that we'll talk about today is called survivorship marital property. And we're going to give some basic definitions and when that might be appropriate. Um, but I just want to put the caveat out there that if anyone's worried that they don't hold title in the most appropriate way, that they should check with a lawyer um, about their own personal circumstances to see if it needs to be updated. For the most part, what I see, I mean, certainly if when I'm helping people buy and sell property, um, when you accept that deed as a buyer, you, that's when you have the language for your vesting and for your title included. But if you go back to a property title that you purchased earlier and it didn't do anything or it didn't do the right thing, it's something that can be fixed. So all is not lost. And that said, especially for unmarried co-owners, whether they're a couple or not, um, the default in Wisconsin is if it's just two or more people's names on the deed with no further wording, they're uh, tenants in common is what it's called. Um, and what that means is that each person owns what's called an undivided interest in the entire property. It can be different percentages. So if somebody, if people buy in with different amounts, they can own like 75 and 25%, for example. I mean, oftentimes it's 50-50. But the real... I guess defining characteristic of tenants in common is that when one of the co-owners dies, they have the right to leave their interest in the property to someone else rather than their co-owners. So it's very common, you know, when people have estate plans or have family or loved ones that they want to leave assets to who don't co-own the property with them. Um, this becomes really problematic with like family, like heritage properties, so that cabin up north where grandma and grandpa left it, and now the third generation has you know seven grandkids who all own it together. It can it can get a little messy sometimes. That's the default. Um, and so for people who are listening to the podcast, if you go back and look at your deed when you purchase, and it's just your name and you're not married, you hold title as tenants in common. Um, the second way to hold title is called joint tenancy. 
defining feature of joint tenancy is what's called right of survivorship. And sometimes you'll see that written on the deed itself. Sometimes it's just implied and all it says is as joint tenant. Joint tenants, right of survivorship means just that. So if something happens to one of the co-owners, the remaining co-owners automatically take over that ownership interest. So if it's a couple And so a non-married couple and one of them dies, the surviving co-owner becomes 100% owner. And so it's an important part of an estate plan. If you're doing a plan as a a couple to look at how you hold title and make sure things are set up the way you want them to be. Other thing I want to just mention is that for married couples who aren't living in Wisconsin, joint tenancy is the default because they're married but they're not subject to the marital property laws in Wisconsin, the appropriate way for those people to take title for like a vacation property or an investment property would be joint tenants with right of survivorship. The third way, and this is for for married couples, which like you said, now we can, you know, it's not just heterosexual couples, it's same-sex couples too who can take advantage of this. Um, You know, such families are now subject to the marital property laws of the state of Wisconsin. And so the third common way of, Uh, taking title as a married couple is what's called survivorship marital property. And it's very similar to joint tenancy because it has that right of survivorship. If a married couple is listed on the title of their home and one of the couple passes away, the surviving spouse becomes 100% owner um, without needing to go to court or anything like that. What the designation does is it also makes it clear that this is marital property. And what that does is it has important estate planning, but also tax basis consequences, um, especially if it's a commercial property or investment property. You know, again, don't worry if you go back to your title and it wasn't done right, it can be updated. And also to be wary because these terms actually have very different meanings in other states. And so it's important to be getting information about what Wisconsin law um, does and provides. All right. Well, thank you very much, Yusha. to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. His name is Ben. On the line, we have Asher Messino. They are a agent with the Lauer Realty Group, also a competitive weightlifter. Uh, I'm a power lifter. Power lifter. Power lifter. The reason we're talking to Asher today, though, is Asher, you have some personal experience as a member of the queer community about buying and owning homes with partners. And that's, I think, is a question that a lot of people will have at least heading into, if they're in a relationship, where's that decision? You know, what's that decision point as as whether or not you're going to buy uh, together or, you know, as we just heard, there's different ways to address yourself, um, different ways to own title. And, and we're going to talk about the three most uh, popular are the ones that, that Yusha shared with us and can apply to anyone and, you know, any relationship status. So thank you for joining us, Asher. Ben, you are at a stage in your life where you have divorced and you are maybe reconsidered. You're in a new relationship. Is it awkward to have that initial conversation with the, the, the significant other to say, how, how would we approach these things? Is it mine? Is it ours? There has been a lot of talk about that. I think that, uh, We'll do, we'll do that. Christina would love for us to have an our house. And you would think 
a real estate agent like myself would would uh, would be up for that challenge. I don't, I'll find us one, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not. Um, I, I, <laughs> I I like the honesty. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, ex- I I explained to her that that my that Mona's house uh, is special to me, and and the the fact that it's two doors down from my first and second homes um, is special to me. It is kind of a realization of my independence post divorce. That new house, that our house that she'd love to have, is also super expensive. Because she's got this darling little house at Fort Atkinson that is mm-hmm. super cute and would cost $500,000 in my neighborhood, but still not be big enough for everyone. So there's a lot of personal nature to this. There's a lot of emotion involved. Asher, if you don't mind me asking you, what was your experience in this space? Sure. So, um, yeah, my partner and I bought a house together and um, we are queer people and we are not married We did not enter into any sort of agreement prior to purchasing our house, but we did decide to take title in a very specific way to protect ourselves. So we decided to take title as joint tenants with rights of survivorship so that if one of us were to pass away, since we are not married, that share of that person's ownership would go to the other owner mm. rather than going to their next of kin. And I think we learned just now from Yusha that joint tenancy with survivorship, your ownership interests are both undivisible, but also equal. Yep, exactly. Whereas tenants in common, one of the other three, to allows you to own a percentage interest, whereas Asher and her partner own the home as a whole and their shares cannot be divided nor sold separately or or willed away. Whereas the tenants in common, let's say Christina and buy a house as tenants in common and I I bring 40% of the down payment and and Christina brings uh, 60. We could own that house di- in a different way as and our mm-hmm. shares of the house could be of 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 unequal sizes. This is a space where you're entering into almost legalese. I'm not sure if it's legal terminology, but the legal part and how it meshes with your comfort and your feeling and your emotion. Asher, how did you know which was the right choice? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I definitely knew it was the right choice to do the joint tenants with rights of survivorship because I knew that if I were to pass away, I wouldn't want my share to go to my family. I would want it to go to my partner because... Especially as a queer person, you know a lot about other queers in the community that have dealt with many issues with their family, right? Not Mm -hmm. being accepted by family members. And so if they pass away and their share goes to their family who doesn't support the relationship they were in, that's going to put that partner who is still alive in a terrible position fighting over half of this property. That could get very ugly. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's important to remember that not everyone has the supportive family and support structure that we would hope. And that's just as important. We're thinking about in the event of death, you know, in the event of of a breakup is another thing I think that's important to remember. One of the things I've seen happen, a divorce or separation, but when someone owns property jointly with another and they decide that they can't do that anymore, and you sell that house in a market like ours today, if both partners don't cash out, it's as if that partner remaining in the home is paying retail for the house today. Asher, I'm going to yeah. use you as an example. Sorry. Things things, okay. things just went south. 
<laughs> That's probably, I don't want to use you as an example. Never mind. The neighbor's use house. Use yourself as an example. I don't, I don't fit the example because I'm not, I'm not co-owning it. I don't co, I don't co-own any real estate with a partner. Okay. Um, so, well, you have though. I, no, have you not? I have, but the, but there has to be the market today. So your neighbor, okay. your neighbor, uh, co-owns real estate. There is a husband and, and a wife there. And they get divorced today, and the house is valued at $340,000, which was significantly more than they paid for it years ago. But anyway, three forty. dollars mm-hmm. um, And uh, the, the husband wants to stay, and the, and the wife would like to leave. So they decide, well, each of us then need to get our hundred and what is hundred? What's half of that? They get half. Fortunately, husband has enough cash, or they had enough cash on hand. He can just keep the house, and he gives uh, wife hundred seventy-five thousand dollars in cash. Two years from now, let's imagine the market softens. The house is worth three twenty. So all of a sudden, he's taken a little bit of a hit. He's taken a twenty thousand dollar hit. Whereas the $175,000 that he gave his wife is still worth exactly that, if not more. So when divesting yourself from real estate, you are, you are buying it again. I think that's the important thing to think about. If you're going to buy real estate with someone else, you have to think about the worst case scenario of what's going to happen if it goes south. And when you want to break up with someone, make sure you do it when the market is low (laughs) so that you pay a lot less to them if they stay. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton. Uh, on the line is Asher Messino, a uh, real estate agent with the Lauer Realty Group. And we're, we're talking about some of the, the statuses. And, and Asher, yours is specifically interesting to me because y- you seem to have known what the status was in, is it title? Title. How to we're hold talking title, yeah. how to hold title, and, and that's kind of like a way to say how you describe oneself it, it when ex- entering into purchasing a home. It ex- a title, not unlike a title for a car. Mm-hmm. You know that slip of paper that says you own it, which is kind of a deed, but just to say uh, that the title explains the legal rights you have. Like, what are your legal rights to that property? My question, I guess, to Asher is, do some of the status, do they feel like a workaround because of like a structural discrimination? Because you all of a sudden have to choose a status that's outside of what is already there. I'm not sure. I mean, in some instances, yes. I mean, marriage is prioritized over single people and non-married couples all the time. But you know, it's important to also have these distinctions in title for mm-hmm. people that say, like, go into business together, right? Like, if someone is not married, if two people are not married, they're not, you know, romantically involved in any way, and they want to purchase a property together for business, they they would want half of their ownership to go to their next of kin if they were to pass away, right? They wouldn't want it to mm-hmm. go to that business partner. So it is important to make these distinctions for a lot of different reasons, while there is a, a manner in which title would be transferred if you said nothing, it's not a big deal at all to have these adjustments made or to say, oh, I'd prefer to hold title in this way. I think my sister in, in one of her marriages owned real estate as tenants in common, which allowed uh, a percentage interest to be maintained throughout the ownership. Mm-hmm. And then 
and and depending on either that original recorded document or it could even be a sub a, a subordinate document that was like privately kept um, that could explain if that percentage interest ownership survived the sale or was to be used for the proceeds as well. All right. I think I'm getting that. I'm still kind of understanding this. So thank you both, Ben and Asher, for those explanations. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Does it take the love out of the relationship when you start talking about how we need to structure what we're, what we're, if we're going into a, a partnership in some way or another? In terms of taking title, I don't think so. I mean, whenever I try to educate my buyers on the different ways to take title, they always seem really happy to know more information about it. And ultimately, they're going to make their decision because the real estate agent cannot advise someone on how to take title. But it's always important for us to provide more of that information for them. Well, you and I will be able to send people to this episode and let Yusha explain it because as any good real estate agent, agent uh, would say, I'm no attorney, usually followed by some kind of opinion. No, no, this, this is this is good because this is kind of like this gets to like how would I know the the right choice to make here? Um, maybe maybe you know you in a relationship already know like the direction you want to go, but how do you make that actually happen? I and, would, and an agent can can inform, can inform, um, can't do the legal paperwork. It sounds like, or even, or even advise. We can inform and point to resources, but we would not necessarily want to suggest or make opinions that could be considered legal advice, and that's something we cannot do. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that I guess is another selling point of why you would use a realtor in your process <laughs> because you need this information. Um, the uh, you asked if it takes the love out, and I and I might suggest that my my first I was young. Mm -hmm. I was in love. Um, But being older and being forced or at least inspired to have difficult or potentially uncomfortable conversations is is, uh, perhaps more of a testament to the love. Does that make sense? Like, uh, if we can have a conversation like this and, and everyone can be heard and have their opinions known, I think that... That may be uh, evidence or not of the uh, of the relationship's ability to withstand other pressures. Sure, maybe more evidence of like. Does a, that sound a, like you know love? A more well, mature love. When love, you when say, love just yeah. means that you can withstand other pressures. Thank God, Asher, <laughs> that you're still young. <laughs> <laughs> love for you can mean so much more. God, I hope so. <laughs> don't compare. Don't compare me to your sound great like, love. <laughs> other, other than like it's a sound, a sound vehicle able to overcome most any terrain. As it relates to financing, did you uh, any anything happen have have to happen differently when you applied for a loan? What did that look like? No, my experience with applying for a mortgage, I don't think was any different than a married couple or a straight person necessarily. I will say, however, I work with a lot of queer clients and a lot of people use a name that is not necessarily their legal name. And so when you're going through a real estate transaction and you are using all of these legal documents, you will have to use your legal name. 
It just is what it is, but you don't ever need to be addressed as that way. It's just going to be on your paperwork. So if you're working with people you really like and trust and they know what your name is, then they should use that name and not your legal name if that is not what you go by. This is good that your experience was a positive one in this space. I remember we had the loan originator in on the program two years back, and I asked a similar question. I'm like, and I was trying to phrase it in the way that, is there discrimination built in? Is it a different system when somebody is a person of color or a different gender or different sexual orientation comes in to apply for the loan? And they got very upset with me because <laughs> they did not, they, you know, it's supposed to be a very level playing field. And, um, and, and, and I get that. <laughs> and, and that means I'm glad that you did not face anything uh, like that and in it, your experience. And it is yeah. supposed to be a numbers game. Right. Absolutely. But I, I would like to also add that, um, I am sure that a lot of people, whether they are LGBTQ identified or if they are people of color, I am sure that that discrimination is out there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as professionals, as a real estate agent and the people I work with who are lenders, you know, we we stick to, you know, fair housing and non-discrimination. And, you know, we want the best for our clients, but, mm -hmm. you know, okay. they're... Almost there are taking, always going to be bad people out there. Um, I, as we, uh, you know, he, him, uh, straight guy, working for a company that in many ways, well, our founder uh, is a member of the LGBT community, Liz Lauer. Um, and and I, I was welcomed into that company with the understanding that, and the, and the knowledge, you know, that we are all, uh, welcoming in that way. Um, but it, at, at the same time, you know, that, that had to be a given. Uh, but in Madison, we're fortunate to be able to find resources where we're, we're above and beyond that bare minimum of fairness. But even perhaps as I'm trying to achieve a higher level of understanding and a, and a higher taking it and the, and, the, and the service and the understanding to that next level if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things we talk about uh, applying for financing, just a thought as we talk about different situations in which um, equity or uh, might be uh, a pro or a con, sometimes there is a partner that has a better or worse financial history. And in that case, a loan amount or a loan package that your provider is going to put together for you might look better with only one partner's name on it. And there might be some difficulty to uh, take ownership of a property jointly if the mortgage is only in one person's name because the bank is not necessarily going to appreciate that the property rights are being legally shared with someone that they do not have on the hook. Hmm. So that's something that you might want to talk about um, as it relates. That might be an opportunity for that co-ownership agreement that Yusha brought up during our top of the hour tip. If one partner was if it was necessary to leave one partner off of a mortgage application, but the intent was to jointly own or possess, or at least have rights to the property that was, that was being purchased. 
You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name is Ben Anton. Mine is Adam Elliott. Uh, on the line, our in-studio guest is Asher Messino. They are an agent with the Lauer Realty Group and competitive power lifter, which we still need to get to power. the power lifting <laughs> space. <laughs> Let me ask this question to both of you. What are good questions to ask of you or to other folks who are considering entering into a part, well, I'll just say a, a partnership of sorts in purchasing property? I tried to call Steve Silverberg. He's always got some one-liners. He's the guy that gave me the buy real estate on the coldest day. He attended he attended the the William Grasscamp School of Real Estate here at the UW. His one-liner for joining into agreements was like, "You have to know how what the plan is on the good day. You have to have a plan for what to do on a bad day." And you have to have a plan for when it had a rhythm to it, but and gotcha. you have to know what happens when 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 it blows up. Asher, did you have advice there? I don't know if I necessarily have advice. I don't think I would advise someone one way or another because I wouldn't want to get involved in their personal relationship on that level. But I do think it's really important to know how to take title and to provide information and to say, you know, if you need any legal advice here are the people I can send you to, to discuss any of these things. And I had not thought about it from the perspective of, of death and family. And that's an interesting perspective that you would specifically would bring knowing that acceptance of a family or having a partner have being forcing a partner to deal with a, a deceased's potentially unfriendly family that could that could get ugly and that's that's so better to have it spelled out in writing and makes it easier absolutely and i would say that in my experience working with queer people queer people are used to having issues with you know the structures in place working with banks doing these major life transactions so they are very happy to hear more information about it i don't think it makes it you know, I don't think it makes it like less romantic or less sexy to like talk about these things with their. Oh, it's it's not sexy at all. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, talking about the what happens when our relationship blows up—that is like the least sexy thing that you like. This is the, the irony of our Valentine's message is like. Yeah, that's going to come in handy for when you divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Before we had you on, Asher, Ben and I were talking about, I identify as a cisgen white male, and rarely are things challenged for me, which is a, it's a sign of privilege, obviously. And as you had just mentioned, the norm for members of the LGBTQ community is to expect friction in some of the processes um, that other people would take for granted. Absolutely. And that's good to hear. And like, that's why we wanted to have you on today. To add a resource to the to the stack um, and and help help people understand what might be different, what what Mm -hmm. challenges um, either perceived or real could there be. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing is one, get informed, ask those questions, see what the options are. Your agent is one person that can certainly do the referrals. And then it sounds like, I mean, we had a, a lawyer on to talk about what your legal options are, and that might be the net other space that, that one would go to, to to find out for the details. Yeah, at the at the end, uh, we'll both ask you, Asher, for, uh, for the best ways for people to get in touch with you. But then there is also, uh, I had, you should do the 
same. Um, so, so this will be one of those places that, that people can, can find uh, different voices and different resources. Let's take a break for Phil's phone-in. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. As faithful readers of your 22nd, 22nd Read newsletter know, the Madison real estate market's not really gone cold this winter. It's not just Madison. A couple of days ago, a friend in the Dallas, Texas area told me that he had sold his home in a week after just a few showings at above list price. And we're not talking about a starter home here. I'm guessing it went for more than a million bucks. Three statistics spotlight the situation. First, according to the National Association of Home Builders, four in 10 home searchers have not yet bought because they keep getting outbid. Last year at this time, only two in 10 said that was the issue, with 44% citing affordability as the problem. Second, according to a Redfin survey, 56% of home buyers in January said they had to win a bidding war to get the house, up from 52% in December. Third, the same report indicated that more than half of homes are now going under contract in less than two weeks. Eventually, this ends. Eventually, the frenzy gets to unsustainable levels. But as I like to say, eventually it can be a long time. That's all for now, Ben. Until the next time, this has been Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. He is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. Uh, On the line, we have Asher Messino, uh, real estate agent with Lauer Realty Group, also competitive power lifter. Asher, this is the time where we usually say, get your free plug in here, but I want to know about power lifting. How did you get into power lifting? Oh, well, um, I started lifting weights seriously probably like six, seven years ago. And I absolutely love it. It's changed my life. I work out like four days a week and I work out with a group of people and I got into it just because some of those other people I lift with do it. And it's, it's super fun. So when you do a powerlifting competition, you have these three main lifts, you do squat, bench and deadlift, and you have three chances for each one. And it's, it's just super fun. It's really fun to try and lift as much weight as you possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, uh, you have free license here to do the thing where we get to compare. Uh, I've benched a hundred pounds myself, uh, by think, the way, can you top that? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I could bench, but I, I think I heard, <laughs> I think I heard that Asher could bench me. How what? Oh, I don't know about that. How much? How, <laughs> how much, much do you weigh, Ben? <laughs> let's let's have you say your number first. Okay. Um, the most I have ever benched is 150 pounds. Oh, that was a different number then. I think you must. Well, like, I can squat more than what you weigh, probably. What's the squat number? Um, 250 oh. for a few reps. Okay. Oh. Yes, that is more than I weigh. Oy. For those of you in in radio land, I'm quite fit actually. <laughs> so t- so I I, I want to buy a house. I'm intrigued by your uh, powerlifting prowess. Where, where am I going to find more about you? Well, I'm on Facebook. I have a business page and a personal page. I have an Instagram page. You can reach me by email at asher at lowerrealtygroup.com. You can call or text me at 608-509-8563. 
I'm going to put all of that. Well, not all of it, because that was kind of lengthy. You're very connected. <laughs> I'm going to put. I'm going to put your name, your email, and your Instagram handle because you're just so damn hip. I'm going to put that <laughs> on the episodes page so that anybody who wants to get in touch with you can can uh, can tag you in their Insta. Maybe shoot you a DM. Something like that. Uh, that slide into my DMs. They're going to slide. <laughs> you're going to slide into the DMs on Insta. Um, but we thank you very much, Asher, for your time with us and for, for helping shine a little, uh, I don't, is it, a little a little rainbow on our otherwise uh, all white light here. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, thank you uh, for your time and, and we appreciate your joining us. Yeah, thanks, Asher. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Asher. I'm going to tag uh, you and uh, put all your information on the episodes page. On that episodes page, you will also find the following information from Yusha Robinson. Uh, Why don't you let people know how they can get in touch with you should they care to uh, keep money in their pocket? My pleasure, Ben. Thank you for having me on. Um, Pines Black is a Madison-based law firm. Uh, We serve clients around the state, however, um, in any most civil matters um, and criminal defense matters. Um, You can visit our website at pinesbach.com, which is spelled P-I-N-E-S-B-A-C-H.com. And people can reach me. My first name is spelled J-U-S-C-H-A at J-Robinson at pinesbach.com. That's P-I-N-E-S-B-A-C-H.com. And we will put a link to Yusha's contact information in the show notes at inthe608.com. Thank you again, Yusha, for your time. And uh, perhaps we shall uh, find a a topic we could delve deeper into and have you be a a guest of your own. I'd love to do that. Thank you. Thank you, Yusha. Have a good day. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Find us online at inthe608.com. Ben, we got, uh, I was wearing my Real Estate in the 608 hat on a Zoom call the other day, and we got compliments on the logo. They thought it was pretty cool. It's the number 608, except the zero is a is like a microphone it's and a, a house kind of merged yeah. together. So who who did the design for it? Jason there? Jason Klein, formerly of the Wisconsin State Journal and their and their business. Uh, but Jeannie and Jason also live down the street and Ooh. are in the process of purchasing a new um, office location. One of my one of my first eh, not my first but one of my few commercial deals. Um, Setting up a Verona office in an, in a Verona Victorian, so it's both kind of a residential mm-hmm. deal, but also but uh, insight counseling and wellness. Oh, and logo design, right? And and <laughs> and Jason's logo design. Uh, so th- shout out to Jason Klein uh, and Jeannie and Insight Counseling and Wellness. At all also, right. what was that? That was that was a that was love in all of its forms. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as complex as it can and, be. And, a, <laughs> and was, Steve Silverberg's good. suggestion that you have an understanding of what a good day will look like, what a bad day will look like, and what it should look like when it all blows up. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of honestly, I like that your you had advice here, just like it's okay to have those difficult conversations ahead of time. It's not going to ruin the relationship. It actually might even make it stronger. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't have that conversation, you should probably reevaluate. I mean, that's, I think that's maybe, and maybe that's, maybe I was married for 13 years, but there's a lot of things I, I didn't address or didn't think about. I mean, you're probably in a similar situation. Sure. 
where you're where you're just so much you're such a different headspace. Oh yeah, as a grown person. Yep, and uh, simplicity is easier, I think, in some ways. And in that way, like, I'm probably not going to do that again. It's probably just going to be my name, Melissa. <laughs> that's how it'll work. <laughs> then you can talk to Yusha about homestead rights, which actually came up in our conversation. We're going to have to have Yusha on the podcast as a future guest and talk about all the all the misgivings and the misunderstandings, well, of, like common law marriage. You ever heard yeah, that rumor? Sure. Oh, yeah. I guess it's not a thing. No, it's not. Our guest today, Just Asher Basito, they were fantastic. They were so kind. Lots of good insights. As well. They are, they are helping me learn and be better at, at being better. I can tell they're a very tolerant person simply because they work with you. That is an indication, a very good indication, uh, and and also, uh, so you have that in common. (laughs) And and the the advice on title, like that is also something that I was a little unsure of, but I feel like I got more information. We're gonna we're gonna have to rewind and listen to Yusha. And, uh, and then maybe do some reading. But it, it's worth studying and worth understanding. Uh, and it could mean a, a whole lot of easy or hard for, for, for someone else uh, should something bad happen or something go wrong. Yeah. We thank Asher again for being our guest today. You had mentioned windows from Stoughton Lumber earlier on in the episode. And I mentioned windows are a theme. We've chosen windows for, for the house that Rhonda built or bought or tore down. Uh, March will be part two of our window series. We talked uh, in November, I think, about uh, purchasing uh, win- purchasing and having windows installed. We had both Adam and Allison talk about that process mm-hmm. uh, while teasing the idea that in the 608 musician Bob Westfall was going to order windows and put them in himself. So we will talk to him about that process. Uh, as cold as it was in February, I hope he did it right. <laughs> we did it. I hope he we, did it right. <laughs> we're, we'll, we'll, hear, we'll hear some feedback because those windows have been installed. I was there to help. And uh, there, here's a little Facebook plug. You should like In the 608 on Facebook because you might even be able to see a quick little cute little time-lapse video of some of those windows being installed. Oh, very cool. Another place you can find more information is the newsletter. The newsletter. And, th- you know, like... We got like two reviews. I've been begging for those podcast reviews, and there's like two new ones. And there was like three or four people that signed up for the newsletter. Just ask nicely. That's all you need to do. All right. Please and thank you. If you haven't yet, please leave a review at iTunes. And we'd love for you to sign up for that newsletter, which can happen at the Maybe By You Hear This, there will be a new website. Oh, that's right. You're being held accountable for doing this thing. You can sign up for that web for that uh, for that uh, newsletter either at, in the 608 on Facebook, or you can fumble your way around BenAnton.com and find out where to sign up there. It is a newsletter that comes on the 22nd and written in easy-to-digest segments, taking no longer than 20 seconds to read. It's got the market update. It's got some highlights from the podcast, as well as uh, some seasonal, often fun, homeownership type stuff. Nice. A couple thank yous. Uh, Once again, going out to Asher Messino from Lauer Realty Group. Our friend Preston, who's kind enough to give us some of those reviews. Preston! (laughs) 
Yusha, Yusha from Pines and Bach Law Offices, and then uh, and and all of our in the 608 musicians. That's right, the Renclaw, El Donk, the Oak Street Ramblers, Bob Westfall. We'll see him in March. Seesaw and the Mad City Junk Band. All right, and of course, thanks to you for joining us uh, for Real Estate in the 608 today. We do appreciate you take the time out to, to spend it with us. Have a good one. Thanks, Ben. Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on Could be taking the and we could be record breaking. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather So